So another way to rein in government, which most politicians probably won't like, is actually using the power of the purse to defund things uh, and keep in check a potentially out-of-control executive branch. You chronicle in this book the what ended up being politically unpopular, which was the government shutdown um, of, a, of a year or two ago. And to that end, my question is, while there is the power to defund, the power of the purse, a crucial power for Congress, is there is it a political solution to keeping people in check, or is it an actual constitutional one? Because it would seem that based upon how it went last time, that without there being a political will, Congress will not want to ever really make a push to defund programs, at least under this administration. If we're going to restore our lost constitution, if we're going to continue to be a country that is run by the rule of law and that operates under our Constitution. And if we're going to avoid the inexorable march toward the consolidation of power in the chief executive of the federal government, meaning the President of the United States, then we've got to get back to a place where Congress exercises and jealously guards its spending power. Now, the President of the United States is powerful, is, is powerful under any reading of the Constitution, but the President of the United States lacks authority on his own to appropriate, to authorize through statute uh, the uh, spending of, of any money to keep his own government running. He has to rely on Congress to do that. When the president overreaches, when the president does something beyond the president's authority, Congress has at its disposal um, a couple of tools. One is impeachment and removal. That is an extraordinary uh, a remedy. and. Uh, is, is very difficult to exercise and with good reason. But the other one, which is very, very important and really needs to be exercised constantly and has been exercised uh, routinely throughout the course of our history, involves the spending power. So as I explained in the book, uh, when President Obama announced in July of 2013 that he was rewriting key provisions of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, he was re rewriting several provisions of it uh, and acknowledging on his own that the law as written was not ready to be implemented, I concluded at that moment that he didn't have authority to do that. He didn't have a, uh, any statutory claim of authority to do that, and he wasn't authorized by the Constitution to do that. I also concluded that unless uh, we did something about it, that this kind of conduct would continue, not just with this president, but with other presidents moving forward. I therefore made the decision at the time that I wouldn't vote for any spending legislation that included funding for Obamacare because it was being implemented in an unconstitutional fashion, having, having been basically rewritten by the President of the United States. A lot of people agreed with this. A lot of people in Congress and a lot of their constituents around the country agreed with it. And enough people agreed with it that for a period of time it became difficult to pass spending legislation. Now this was not the fault of those who were concerned about the constitutional overreach. It was the president's fault. It was the fault of the president and those who were aligned with him. What we put forward was legislation that would have kept everything else in government funded. The entire federal government, even programs that I and others like me dislike and, and find repugnant, uh, we were willing to fund everything else except Obamacare. We, we wanted to make sure that there were at least two votes that there would be at least two separate legislative proposals dealing with the funding of government, one for Obamacare and one for everything else. In reality, it needs to be much more than that. Uh, you know, the, the, the traditional budgeting process 
contemplates that we'll have at least a dozen separate spending bills, each of which funds a different operation of government, one for defense, one for criminal justice systems, and so on and so forth. But we've been operating without a budget for the last six years. So we were put in this position where we had an all-or-nothing spending decision to make, and I proposed let's have at least two votes, one for Obamacare, one for everything else. The president said he wouldn't accept that, even though the House of Representatives passed it, even though the House of Representatives, uh, uh, by a, a strong majority vote, said, here, we'll fund everything else in government, even programs that Republicans hate, and we'll deal with Obamacare separately. The president promised to veto that. Harry Reid assisted him, him in that, and said, we won't even vote on it. And so it was literally the President of the United States that made the decision to shut down the government rather than to negotiate, rather than to compromise, rather than have any further discussion about the constitutionality of his actions. And the way the media reported that, the way many members of Congress, even unfortunately some members of my own party reported that, was misleading. It was the President of the United States who chose to shut down the government. And we've got to come to terms with this because uh, presidents of both parties in the future are going to continue to abuse their authority. They will continue to try to exercise powers that don't belong to them, but that belong to the American people. Unless Congress will jealously guard this power and withhold funding when the president issues executive orders or takes some other executive action tantamount to rewriting the law. Just as I predicted, by the way, after Congress went ahead and funded the implementation of Obamacare, the president rewrote Obamacare, not just a few more times, but dozens of times. And then again in November of 2014, the president issued executive actions that basically rewrote our immigration code. Yet again, Congress has funded even that. And so this problem is continuing, it's ongoing, it needs to be reined in. And look, whether you are a Republican or a Democrat or, or something else, and whether you are a liberal or a conservative or somewhere in between, you ought to be concerned about this issue because this isn't a partisan issue. This is an American issue. It's a rule of law issue. And I invite all within the sound of my voice uh, to read my book and, and, and to come to terms with the fact that we've got to restore our lost constitution.